0: 49ers fans. It's 49ers fangirl Tracy joined as always by our good friend SoCali Steph and also Warriors fangirl. You can find her at Warriors FGSN in case you've uh, missed that. Hey Steph how are you? I'm doing well,
1: Tracy. How are you?
0: I am doing very well, and I'm very excited. We have an awesome guest today. We have pro football focus analyst Jeff Deeny. Welcome to the podcast, Jeff.
2: Thanks to both of you for having
0: me. Absolutely, thank you. Hey, thank you for joining us. For
2: joining
0: us. So we are going to talk about the NFL draft. Uh, I was saying before the podcast, it feels like we've been talking about the draft forever. Uh, I guess in the case of 49ers fans, we've probably been talking about the draft since about week two of the 2016 season, uh, but now it is finally almost here, uh, so we're very excited to have you on, Jeff, to talk uh, about the draft and the 49ers' needs, of which there are many, and uh, some of the stats from last season and how they can upgrade during the draft. So, um, let's get started. I'd love to hear, to begin with, who you think they could pick at number two and why you think that person would be a good fit?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question, because I am a huge Miles Garrett fan, and probably so, so is everybody else. But, um, I mean, I think he's probably the best pass rush prospect since probably at least since Von Miller a few years ago. So, unfortunately, I think, you know, unless Cleveland kind of goes against the grain, they're going to take him at number one. So, um, there are a lot of guys I like early in the draft. Unfortunately, I mean, there aren't any of them I'm really excited about at number two. Um, I think, you know, the most mocked guy is, is Solomon Thomas from Stanford. Um, he was our, our top-graded defensive tackle last year um, at Pro Football Focus. Um, he had a monster game in the bowl game against North Carolina. Um, you know, the question is with the Niners, you know, they drafted two defensemen live in last year with Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner, so where Thomas would fit in. Um, I mean, I think he'd probably fit in kind of at that five-tech defensive end position. Um, but you know, do the Niners want to take a defensive lineman for the third straight year, especially when they have a lot of other holes that kind of need to get filled? Um, so he's a possibility, you know, I, whether he goes, you know, number two is a little early for him or not. I don't know. Um, I mean, the other guy I think is probably Malik Hooker out of Ohio state. Um, I really think he fits a need in that, uh, kind of the new defensive scheme they're going to do where it's kind of very similar to what Seattle has where, he kind of would play that Earl Thomas role. I mean, I'm not comparing him to Earl Thomas, but he's going to be that free safety where, you know, in that single high safety look where he's got the speed and the range and he's got the instincts and the ball hawking ability. Um, he was very good in coverage last year at Iowa State. Um, when he was in coverage, they allowed just a, um, a 41.4 passer rating on t- and targets in his coverage range. He had seven inter- interceptions last year. Um, so, I mean, I really think he'd be a great fit in that defense, and they could probably, you know, I know they're talking about moving Jimmy Ward to that free safety spot, but if they took Hooker, I think he could probably put Ward back at corner, and that would fill another spot there, so those are the two guys I'm probably looking at the most at number two, um, I mean, a few other guys, I mean, I think Jamal Adams is another safety, he was our top-graded safety at PFF last year, but I think he's more of a strong safety, where the Niners have, you know, Eric Reed in that role, and also tukwaski Tart. so I don't think, as far as a need, he's quite the fit, but um, he's another possibility and if they want to go cornerback um, you can look at go back to Ohio City marshall Marshawn Lattimore um, he's another guy who um, he allowed just a 31.9 per passer rating last season um, at Ohio State and only a 45% catch rate so yeah, the thing with Hooker and Lattimore and both of them put up really good numbers at Ohio State last year but they've only started for one year so that's a little bit of a question mark with both of those guys but um, I mean those are like the four guys I'm probably looking at the most at number two I mean if they're going to go quarterback, my favorite quarterback in the draft is is Mitchell Trubisky, but I'm really hesitant to take him a number two. I don't think the Niners going to go quarterback that early. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about like the 34th pick later. I think that's where there's a much better chance they go quarterback there. If I'm if I'm John Lynch, I'm probably trying to sell to everybody that we're going to take quarterback at number two, and hope maybe that'll draw up some demand for that pick if they want to move down or maybe someone will get desperate and. Try to leapfrog the Niners, move up to number one to take a quarterback, and then they'd be able to land Garrett. But um, so I, you know, I know you've seen how he's been very complimentary, like Deshaun Kaiser and a couple of the other quarterbacks. So I think he's trying to kind of sell that. They might take the quarterback at two, but I would be very surprised if they did.
0: I would as well. And I think I don't think it would be uh, the smartest move considering everything else that's going on in the team. I mean, they have so many needs, but I just think to use the number two pick on, on a quarterback this year would not. The, um, the best move right now for the 49ers. I also am super excited about Malik Hooker, uh, even though he went to Ohio State. I went to Michigan, Jeff, so this is like a constant struggle <laughs> for me personally when I get excited about Ohio State players playing for the 49ers. Um, but you bring up an interesting point that he has only started for one year. But it was, I mean, it was a darn good year, so I guess um, there's that. But also, of course, I mean, Miles Garrett is like the dream. Uh, it's just will he be there? Chances are probably not, um, probably not high. Steph, what are your thoughts at number two? I don't know that we've gotten gotten them in the past.
1: Um, you know, I, I think I tend to agree with everyone else. I know Malik Cooker is sort of the the go-to, you know, person at this juncture, and it does make sense um, because of the, the D-linemen. I mean, DeForest Buckner Buckner could play the 3-4 or the 5 technique. So I, I kind of agree with Jeff there that, you know, may, you know wasting another, not wasting, but getting in another person on the D-line when we have all these people that, you know, or at least they are supposed to be able to play these positions, <laughs> you know, it just seems like maybe it'd be a wasted pick when there's so many needs on this team. I mean, I think we finished like dead, dead last in every single category. So it's, it's really, like, all over the place. I You know, I would love for them to go wide receiver at two, and I know that sounds, like, sort of crazy, considering we don't really have a quarterback that's locked in. But it's something that the 49ers definitely need, is somebody that will be able to go deep and catch the ball, especially with, you know, the release of, you know, um, Torrey Smith and all that kind of thing. And, I, and I've been wanting it. I've wanted a smash-mouth O-line for... Couple of years, and we haven't done any of that. So I'm kind of hoping I don't have any, um, you know. And, and, but those positions too, you know, you could get them later on. Like I, it's not something that has to be done at number two. So it's really going to be where they feel that it's going to. They're going to make the most impact. And I think Malik Hooker could be that person, especially with the new defense. I definitely think it could be him.
0: All right, Uh, Jeff. What are like good good thoughts? What are your thoughts on, um, or I guess, how likely do you think it is? Because personally, I vacillate on this uh, pretty frequently. That they trade back for more picks.
2: I mean, I think that would be my first choice. I mean, obviously, you know, it kind of takes two to tango. So there's another team that's going to want to have to move up badly enough where they want somebody number two where they'd be able to, you know, to give up some assets for the Niners to move back. I mean, it's not quite like last year where you had you know, the two quarterbacks at the top, and and Cleveland was able to get a bunch of picks, so I don't think the Niners are going to be able to get as many picks as Cleveland did last year, and I know that there's been some rumors with, with Carolina at the eighth spot, and they might want to move up either for Fournette or possibly Solomon Thomas. I think that would be a really good spot for the Niners. I think there's a lot of guys at that eighth spot. I mean, there might be a couple guys who they like it too, that they would be able to get it at number eight, whether it's mm-hmm. you know, like you know, Stephanie mentioned a couple of wide receivers like Mike Williams or Corey Davis, I think would be a great pick at number eight. Um and then I think this the second best pass, you know, edge rusher in the draft after Garnett is is Derek Barnett out of Tennessee. Um he actually was our top graded uh edge rusher last year. I mean he was very productive. He's not quite as athletic as, as Garrett is, but um he's definitely our, our second best edge rusher I think in the draft. I think number eight might be a good spot for him you know if you want to try to fill up you know that at inside linebacker you know Ruben foster's a possibility um you know if you still want to go defensive line maybe jonathan allen who i think talent wise probably should you know fits at that number two spot but i know there's some question marks about both his shoulders that have been you know operated on so i think he's gonna slip a little bit in. you know it might be a little bit of a reach but uh, another possibly at eight would be uh O.J. Howard, the Tennessee, or the Tennessee the tight end out of mm-hmm. Alabama. Um, he was, not only was our top graded tight end last year, he was also our top graded run blocking tight end last year. And he caught 79% of his targets. He only had two drops. I think he's probably not only the best run blocking tight end in the drop, he's probably the, he's the best receiving tight end. Um, and, and, and Kyle Shannon likes to use his tight end. So I think that would be another option um, as well at number eight. So I think there's, there's a plethora of guys in the break I think would be great picks if they could move down, you know, six spots, grab a couple extra picks, and then still get a guy they would really like.
0: And the tight end position is an interesting one because I feel like that's an area where the 49ers were once, um, to use your word, actually, there were a plethora of tight ends uh, <laughs> on the 49ers, and now there is like a dearth.
2: From, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> despite, yeah, and, and, you know. And Kyle, <laughs> yeah, and Kyle Shanahan likes to use, you know, he if you go back to Atlanta's. Offense last year they used two tight end personnel. I think about 28% of the time they actually used three tight ends, 8% of the time. So I mean there's there's often multiple tight ends on the field. So I think they do need to shore that up because I think you know you look at last year and you have you know Vance McDonald and, and and Selleck and uh you know McDonald's just been very inconsistent with his hands and you know he'll make a great play and then he'll drop one. um You know Selleck had a rough year last year both blocking and he actually had the worst drop rate of. Any tight end in the league last year, so I definitely think they need to uh, make some additions there in the draft. You know, whether it's in the first round or later on, to try to shore up that group a little bit.
0: Um, well, you and you mentioned uh, the number thirty-four pick earlier. Um, so, f- personally, for me, in the, uh, the past couple months, I've been thinking that would be a great place to add uh, a wide receiver, which I know Steph is something you've wanted. For quite some time, as you already mentioned, um, Steph, is there a wide receiver in this draft that you're super excited about that you think would be a good pick at 34?
1: Um, at 34, I think there's a lot. Um, there was a few that I was looking at, but I would actually think. See, I think that if I'm gonna I'll get the kid from a uh, gosh, now like, I'm like gonna mess up my. I, I, every time I say the. I mispronounced the <laughs> name, so I'm a little nervous here. Probably not at 34, but I think I'd be be able to go down a little bit, even that wide receiver, if we don't pick him up right away. Um, but the kid from Cal, I think he's a 3-4-ish. Let me get it. Scott Hansen? Yes. Yeah. I think he would go – I think he could go in the like, 3 or 4 – Um, round and I think it'd be a really good pickup and I think I think Cal receivers are a little bit underrated and I think that they end up doing quite well in the NFL so I would hope that maybe we could pick them up by three
0: and then Jeff I felt like at that position John Ross if he was still available uh, from Washington would be a possibility but are you leaning more towards I mean not that I mean, not, no matter where any of us are leading, probably isn't going to make a big difference. However, I will play GM for a minute. Are you leaning more towards a quarterback at 34?
2: Um, I am very much a John Ross fan. Um, I don't think he'll be around at 34. I imagine he'll go some point in the first round. Um, I mean, my only concern with Ross is just kind of the injury history with him. But besides from that, he's... That's why uh, I think there's a slight, yeah. slight
0: chance he could be at 34, even though not likely. But... It's like...
2: Yeah, I mean, he's got tremendous speed. I mean, he look at some of the stuff from he did last year. And I think one the one against Cal, the one highlight against Cal was incredible. But, yeah, he's – I mean, after, I think, Williams and Corey Davis, he's definitely the third-best wide receiver in the draft. I think – like I said, I think he probably goes mid to late first round, if I'm guessing now. Um, and then after that, I mean, at 34, is tough because I think you're looking at guys like, you know, Cooper Cup out of Eastern Washington or uh, Zay Jones out of East Carolina – um, I think it's probably a little early for Juju for Smith-Schuster out of USC, too. Um, but those are some of those guys maybe they might go in the second round. Um, for me, at 34, I think, I mean, speaking of guys who's not going to last at 34, but, I mean, I love Christian McCaffrey. Oh, my gosh, love him. I, uh, mm. I mean, what I think Kyle Shanahan could do with him and their, his offense, I mean, he's so versatile. I mean, I know he was kind of the workhorse at Stanford. I don't know if he can be that in the NFL. I don't see him being a 25-carry a guy, but... I think he can get you 15 carries a game. He'll line up. He can line up in the slot or at the wide receiver and just be a dangerous wide, uh, receiver out of the backfield, too. You know, he's going to run back kickoffs and punts for you. So, I mean, even though he's not going to be that bell cow guy for you, I think he can be so effective. So, I think if the Niners went quarterback at 34, I mean, I think, you know, Trubisky and Sean Watson and uh, Kaiser are probably all going to be gone by then. I think you're looking at probably, you know, you know Patrick Mahomes or a Davis Webb. I think, you know, I've heard... Some rumors, of Webb might sneak into the first round, but uh, you know it's interesting. You know, Steph talked about Chad Hansen as a wide receiver prospect, and, and Davis Webb actually graded really well in our safe. I think about the first five weeks of the year, and then I think he suffered a little bit as a possibly a hand injury. But then, at the same time, Hansen got hurt, and his grades just kind of fell off the cliff. So I think he really missed Chad Hansen last year once he went down. But uh, you know, Mahomes is probably the guy you know, at, if they're going to go quarterback at 34, possibly, um, you know, he had our second highest production grade behind Deshaun Watson last year. You know, he's kind of a bit of a gunslinger. He rate, he ranks second in what we call big time throws, um, on our site last year, which is kind of ones we grade at a plus one or higher, but he also was second worst among all draft quarterbacks in turnover worthy throws. So <laughs> it's kind of a feast or famine <laughs> thing with him a little bit. Um, and then, if you're still looking at quarterback, maybe a little on later on, maybe like a third round or so, maybe like a Nathan Peterman out of Pitt might be someone they might be looking at, who I think might be a fit into Kyle Shan's offense. he you know, he played a lot under center at, in college at Pitt, and I think, yeah, one thing with with the Falcons' offense last year; they were they were under center 56 uh, percent of the time last year, which was the highest in the in the National Football League. Where you know the Niners were on the with Chip Kelly were the opposite, end. I think they were under 10. percent You know, under center last year was all shotgun and pistol, and that was actually the the lowest uh, in the league. So I think Peterman might be a good fit in in a Kyle Shanahan offense. If they want to go a little later on the draft, um, he might be a guy to look at. Plus, uh, it it allowed me to use Seinfeld references for the next four or five years that they drafted him, too. So I'd be (laughs) very excited about that. That's true.
1: That's true. There's he's actually my guy too. I like him at like three or four. He's I just from kid. He's just a really I like that he's already has the NFL type offense that he already knows how to do, and I think he could just be a really good placeholder. In it, hopefully until like they can make a move um, for Kirk Cousins. So I think that that would be a fantastic pickup, especially at three or four.
2: Yeah, the Kirk Cousins thing. Just I mean, it's hard to kind of figure out where. They are with that, just because I think the Redskins are so dysfunctional right now. I mean, they still don't have a GM, which you would think would be yeah. the guy mm-hmm. to make the decision whether they're going to sign him long-term. And, I mean, honestly, the Redskins really have no leverage at this point, because I mean, if Cousins doesn't want to stay there, he just doesn't sign a contract, and he leaves as a free agent next year, can come to San Francisco, and and the Washington doesn't get anything except for a compensatory pick. So, you would think if they can't sign him long-term, or if they don't want to, that it would behoove them to trade, trade him now and get some assets, but it doesn't seem like to be the path they're going, so it's, it's a little mind-boggling. But uh, yeah, it's just there's a lot of dysfunction going on there between the the front office and the ownership there. So um, yeah, it's interesting to see what's going to happen with Cousins the next 12 months.
0: Well, and I think also, um, you know, with Peterman, if if they did draft him and he sat behind, I can't believe that these words are going to come out of my mouth. If he sat behind Brian Hoyer uh, for. <laughs> a few games and maybe came in a few games late the game, you know, whatever and and showed some promise I don't know what that does to Kirk Cousins you know, if all of a sudden you draft a quarterback who potentially could be your franchise quarterback, and as we have seen from this past season, those guys don't always come in the first and second round
2: um, now, so and Kirk Cousins is a prime example of that, I mean I think he mm-hmm. was the, I think it was a fourth round pick if I remember correctly, and you know, the <laughs> same year they drafted RG3, so you know, and if, if they draft Peterman, they decide, you know, hey, this is a guy who we think can get just as much or even close to the production that you've got out of Cousins. I mean, you're obviously better off going that route because you're getting him at a, a rookie, you know, very friend, team friendly deal, you know, at a couple million dollars a year, where obviously Kirk Cousins, you're going to have to pay, you know, somewhere around $25 million a year. So if you can get, you know, 80 to 90% of the production out of someone that's under a rookie deal, I mean, you'd much better go in that route. And then, yeah. yeah.
1: I I just, sorry, I'm gonna have to disagree a little because I just think that. Don't apologize. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, doing what I do best. Um, I think her Cousins, I think that the Niners didn't get him and lock him in next year when he was a free agent. They'd be absolutely foolish. He's like 26 years old. He's got a ton of experience. He's a great guy. He's a great leader. I think it's somebody that the 49ers could absolutely wrap behind and I think that's the type of player that the 49ers need I mean I don't think everything's about you know strict numbers when it comes to like a leader of a team and I think Kirk Cousins would be a fantastic I think it'd be absurd if they go him hard so I think that they for sure shouldn't sell the farm this year but next year I I I don't know what I'm going to do if <laughs> they don't go hard after him. I want them to. So, that's just my two cents on that. Even if they do draft, I mean, what's the problem with having, you know, Kirk Cousins and someone like Peterman? I don't know if I see Peterman as a long-term solution for the 49ers. I do think he could learn, and I think he could, you know, do some plays, and I think
2: he can um, win some games. But I don't know if he's a long-term, absolute solution. No, I, I agree. I think unless Peterman just has, like, a you know, if you drafted him and he had just this, this dynamic rookie year all of a sudden were like it was very clear this was the guy to build around um, I, I, I you know if that was the case then you know then fine but I mean if it's kind of he comes in and you know develops and does some nice things here and there but it's not like he's sold where he's your franchise guy then I think by all means you have to you have to look at cousins because obviously they have the cap room to to, to pay him whatever he wants. Um, and I mean it's just obviously you can't win without a franchise quarterback in this league and they're so hard to get and you know unless you can somehow find one in the draft I mean they don't you know they very very rarely become available from you know another team unless you know it was a you know Peyton Manning was kind of the exception a few years ago so if he's available and if it happens to be next year where you don't have to you know give up any kind of draft compensation it's just a matter of paying him what he wants with the contract I mean I think by all means especially you know shanahan loves the guy he kind of you know yeah. pounded the table oh, to draft him at washington awesome. so and he's he's been in the building with him so he knows it's not like with garoppolo where you're just kind of going off your your draft scouting i mean he's been in the building with him for you know a year or two um he knows and this is before cousins had kind of broken out it was back when rg3 was the quarterback so um, he knows he knows Cousins well. He knows what he can do, what he can't do, and how he would fit in the office. So, if if, if Shanahan—I mean, this is why we hired the guy. He's an offensive genius. If if he thinks Cousins is the guy, I mean, by all means, I mean go after him because I mean franchise quarterbacks don't grow on trees. So if he thinks he's he's someone that can be a top ten quarterback in this league, I think you have to go after him.
0: And I actually don't. I don't. I don't think that there is a franchise quarterback in this draft. Granted, I'm no GM or football scout, but I, I do not know that there is a franchise quarterback in this draft, and I would love for them to prove me wrong because I hope they all have wonderful long careers, but um, I don't know that there is one in this draft. So you heard it here first or probably like five hundred, <laughs> but I'm just Quite saying, <laughs> so, so there you go, so, and then the next year when Deshaun Watson leads his team to a Super Bowl, I'm happy to eat my words, um, but I just, I just, you know, don't know what there is, Have this is um, kind of just an aside of something interesting, do you think that Kaiser's stock lowers at all with what his coach said, I don't know why he felt the need to say that, it was kind of a jerky move, but do you think it matters, or do you think most people's feeling is that was a jerky thing to say and not necessarily um,
2: i mean it didn't help but i don't i mean i think a lot of you know evaluators are kind of seeing him a bit as a project anyway where he's gonna need some time to develop and i think if you looked at i mean i, I still think it was kind of a jerky thing to say but i think if you look at his full comments, i think he was basically saying that he wasn't ready to be in the end you know he could have used another year of college to develop, and I think he still thinks he's going to be a good quarterback. I don't think he's just ready to to step in and be an NFL quarterback yet. Um, that being said, I mean, as far as the future of Notre Dame, I mean, if if I'm recruiting against Brian Kelly, I'm I got those those quotes, you know, on a card or somewhere memorized because I mean, I you know, it's just. It's just, I mean, it's not having your players back, I guess, is is the best way to put it, but Mm -hmm. I I didn't think it was a very cool thing to do. Um, I know Pete Carroll kind of did something similar with Mark Sanchez a while back when he went out, uh, when he came out early, and we kind of see what happened with Mark Sanchez. Yeah, I mean, he uh... he wasn't wrong, so. so. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think if it was was a situation where he was scattered to be ready to start right away, I think it would be a little more concerning, but I think it's understood where he needs some time to develop. And I think, I mean, I don't think any of these quarterbacks in the draft are ready to start right away, but I think even him more so, where they see him more as a long-term project that has more upside. You know, um, so I, you know, I, I don't think it's going to hurt him, but like I said, it doesn't really help either, obviously.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, well, so we asked Jeff to do something kind of fun um, and kind of compare some of last year's 49ers numbers to what's available in the draft uh so Jeff what did you what did you find what'd you come with
2: um uh, well I mean I think you know I think one thing you, you gotta look is I mean unfortunately there's really no <laughs> offensive line yeah. um, I think yeah there, there's, there's, everywhere, there's, everywhere. <laughs> yeah where do I
0: start really yeah this, uh, I mean this could this could go on everybody grab a grab a drink and sit back
2: <laughs> yeah, other than Joe Staley who kinda you know had his, his usual, you know, good year at left tackle, I mean the offensive line really struggled as a whole. Um you, you look at the, the two guard positions and I mean, you know, Joshua Garnett had a really, you know, rough year as you know as a debut in the NFL. He was uh I think ranked seventy-fifth out of seventy-seven among guards last year. Um zane Beatles who actually wasn't much higher. Um you know, Beatles had some versatility, was able to play some center and he could play some tackle for you, but I don't think he's really a long term starter. So, um, I'd like to see him draft a guard somewhere in maybe in the first few rounds that they could hopefully plug in alongside a Garnett. Um, you know, and then at center, it's you know, it's tough. You know, you know, Kilgore's been okay when he's been when he's been healthy, but he's had a hard time staying healthy. So, you know, they did get the guy from Baltimore, so I think he's gonna compete with Kilgore at center. And then, you know, you know, Trent Brown's an interesting, you know, uh spot at right tackle. Um you know, he had, there's, been, there's a lot of potential with him. He's been very good as a pass blocker, just because of the size, just trying to get around that guy, but I don't think he's really a fit for the zone blocking scheme. He really graded very poorly last year as a run blocker, so you know, it's going to be interesting to see if they kind of go with him at right tackle, or if they try to drop somebody um, to, to, to plug in there as well. Um, again, there's really not that many tackles early in the draft, so I mean, that's something you'd have to kind of maybe visit, you know, maybe day two or day three. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of the weak, you know, side on of the offense. Obviously, the quarterback position you probably don't need to go over, but uh, you know that, and then just the wide receivers were, you know, abysmal last year. You know, Torrey Smith had a really rough year. Um, you know, if you weren't Jeremy Curley, you seemed to catch every, you know, most of the targets. The wide receivers seemed to be Curly last year, but you know, you know, Patton didn't really have a great year. Um, yeah, that's one thing. I, you know, it's interesting in free agency they seem to identify some skill position guys in free agency on offense, that's where most of their targets were. You know, Pierre Garçon, you know, they brought in some speed guys with Marquise Goodwin and Aldrick Robinson. Um, so I think that's going to help with some wide receiver, you know, the wide receiver depth. Um, but I still think you'll see them probably, you know, in the first couple of days, probably go after a wide receiver. Um, the guy I love in free agency that they drop, they signed was Kyle Uschak mm-hmm. from Baltimore. Um, he kind of has that, delaney walker swiss army knife versatility to him obviously he doesn't have the speed of delaney walker but he can do so many different things for you i mean in baltimore last year he was not only was their fullback and was you know he's somebody can be he's a really good run blocker he's a really good pass catcher out of the backfield but he's also very good pass blocker pass protector as well and so he um was a third down back a lot for them last year where either was going out in a pattern to catch the ball or if he was you know is a pass blocker as well he he lined up 51% of the time as a halfback last year. Like um, again, most of those were passing plays. He was a fullback 32% of the time. He lined up in the slot 8%, um, lined out wide 7% of the time. I think he was a tight end 3% of the time. So he he can line up in a bunch of different spots and play a bunch of different roles for you. And I think he's another guy. Kind of we were talking about McCaffrey being so versatile that you'd love to see what Kyle Shannon can do with him. Um, I, I think definitely that's the case with Juszczyk, um this year. Um you know, the Falcons used a fullback 30% of the time last year as well. So that's one big difference from last year where they didn't have a fullback on the roster where they're going to, um, I think you're going to see use checking you know, probably on the field as a fullback 30% of the time as a run blocker, but you're also going to see him in the passing game as well, especially on third down. Um, you know, I think, you know, like I said, um, other, other issues, I think, you know, if you look at the defensive side of the ball, they really struggled against the run last year. Um, you know, hopefully getting Eric Armstead back will help with that as well. If you have, you know, Armstead and Buckner, and then, you know, they may end up with another defensive lineman, um, you know, early in the draft that will kind of help show up that defensive line. I think, and then the other big, you know, hole, I think is with the pass rush, Um, you know, who's going to kind of play that Leo position. Uh, You know, I think right now you're probably looking at Aaron Lynch. I think the issue with him is one, he's a guy who's had a hard time, you know, staying in shape. Um, and then also getting, you know, stay on the field just for not getting suspended. So um, I don't know if he's somebody you can really count on at that Leo spot. So I mean, like I said, you know, I, I, I'd give my right arm if, if they could somehow get Miles Garrett and, and have him be that guy. If not, you know, maybe it's Derek Barnett later in the draft.
0: Don't give your right um, arm. I don't want you to give yeah. your right arm for anything to this team. <laughs>
1: I might give my right arm too.
2: I just...
0: Well, you certainly don't both need to do it. <laughs> so what if <of> you pick?
2: Because <laughs> I don't want you both to do it. <laughs> yeah, and then I think you, know, you look at it, the inside linebackers last year, I think once Navarro Bowman went out, that was where, I mean, they were they were just a sieve there as far as in the run defense with, with, with Nick Ballor and, and Wilhite both really stood up. Both of them were near the bottom of the league as far as run defense grades on our site. So I think getting Bowman back helps. I mean, I know they signed uh, Malcolm Smith from the Raiders. I think, you know, he was – you know, he's kind of been up and down the last few years since he's left Seattle, but he, you know, he was a lot better against the run than in coverage last year. So I think hopefully he can provide a little bit of with uh, depth against the run. And, you know, maybe someone like a Ruben Foster, if they trade down a little bit, you know, whether it's the eighth spot or even a little further down. You know, Ruben Foster was our top graded uh, guy in college last year, one overall as an inside linebacker, but also against the run as well. He had the top run stop percentage in college football last year. And he's actually really good in coverage last year, too. He only averaged uh, giving up about six yards a catch on the receptions he gave up. So he beat someone they could definitely plug in along with Navarro Bowman that would, would help shore up the run game. So, um, yeah, a lot of different areas last year where they struggled. And, I mean, they, they plugged some of those holes in free agency, but there's some other spots, I think, during the draft. Hopefully with some of those first few picks they can they can fix all of it.
0: Well, they sure have. There's still sure a lot to fix. And a lot yeah. of rebuilding to be done. So this should be an interesting draft. I think um, maybe this is just hopeful, but I really do believe that this will be a, a far superior draft than um, drafts past. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I just it just already looks better.
2: I, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting because we really have no idea what they're going to do just because, I mean, you have John Lynch who's come in and obviously he has no experience as far as you know, being in a personnel department before. So you really don't know what his preference I mean, with, with Trent Baalke in the years he'd been here, I mean, you kind of had a good idea of that, you know, he liked defensive guys with long arms, and he liked guys who had torn their anti shirt you know, ACLs before. And, you know, he didn't like to draft quarterbacks and wide receivers early. And the one time he did draft a receiver, it was... Early it was disastrous with AJ Jenkins, and you know. So, you know, when they drafted Armstead and Buckner the last years, it wasn't much of a surprise at all if they kind of fit that Trent Baalke mode. Where with, with with John Lynch, I mean, it's it's wide open. I don't think anybody has any idea where he's going to go.
0: Yeah, that's what I think would be interesting. And Jeff, I, I mean, I'm sorry, Steph. I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago with Chris Biederman. Is that I feel like in the in the past several years, at this point, we knew exactly who the 49ers were drafting first. There was like no mystery about it. And right now, it's all still, you know, there are a few names that keep coming up, and it's a probability of two or three players, but we don't really know yet. And we still don't know if they may trade back. So that changes, you know, that, that's the wild card that changes everything. So it'll be uh, definitely a very interesting few weeks and an interesting day one, for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah I think, yeah, I mean, you could probably make a case. I mean, if they stand up to there's about seven or eight guys there. wouldn't completely shock me that they took, I mean, I think we talk about five or six of them, but I mean, even like a Leonard Fournette. Mm -hmm. you know it might might even be a possibility or you know we're or two other guys so i mean it's you know it's it's just completely just you have no idea you know especially because if you don't know you know obviously lynch is the general manager but you know obviously shanahan's going to have his fingerprints in this too especially on the offensive side of the ball so um it's 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 going to be really interesting for this first draft where kind of what direction they go to what kind of style of of team they're trying to build
0: Well, and on a team like this that does have so many needs and is truly rebuilding, you almost, I mean, certainly you can go wrong with a draft pick, but in terms of positions, you almost can't go wrong anywhere because there's so many things they need that I think you could make a case for any of the players you mentioned. Even Leonard Fournette, like, to me, wouldn't be the biggest need at two, but I'd get it,
2: you know, so... No, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I'm a huge Collar's Hyde fan, but I also know that he's a guy who's had a hard time staying healthy. And when he is healthy, I think he's one of the better running backs in the league. But I don't know if we can count on him, especially when there really isn't a lot of depth behind him. You know, you know, you know, Mike Davis has kind of been a, a bit of a bust, and you know, I they brought back you know Dewan Harris, but you know, I think even with Hyde, they definitely need to, to shore up the running back depth behind him, whether it's Fournette or if they're drafting someone else. You know you know, second, third, fourth round, fifth round, so on and so forth. I mean, they, they need a couple other running backs. And so, um, you know, like I said, Fournette wouldn't shock me either. I don't I don't think it would be my first choice, but, I mean, he, he definitely wouldn't surprise me at number two. I mean, some of the other guys we talk about, I think at one time I think I would be surprised if they went quarterback. But aside mm-hmm. from that, I don't think, aside from all the other guys that have been mocked at number two with the various mock drafts, I don't think any of them would be a, a total shocker if, if the Niners went that way.
1: Yeah, you know one thing that everyone seems to kind of forget, or maybe we don't forget it, but I don't hear it very often, is that you know with you know Heinz, it's kind of a monster, and he has a tendency to get injured. He just runs all over the place and into things, and he doesn't get out of bounds, and he you know he, he gets hurt a lot because of those things. But then he also doesn't have an O line that creates gaps and makes him safe, and you know, so I just feel like the foundation of the run game needs to be on the offensive line. So I wouldn't be like. You know, it wouldn't kill me if they actually, you know, do trade down, get some more picks in the first round. Maybe get a late first round offensive lineman to help plug those holes. And those are that's kind of the way I want to hope that they're looking at this draft is to get the most bang for their buck and to get those holes fixed. And if that means we lose a number two pick, you know, you're sort of taking a chance on that anyway. I mean, if you don't get Miles Garrett... I don't mind moving back because I think the caliber of the player kind of goes down quite a bit and then it just levels off. That's how – that's my opinion of it. But I, I'm hoping that they really, really put some thought into this pick so that really secure a run game, secure, you know, a passing game, and hopefully we can get somebody at quarterback down the line.
2: Yeah, and I fully agree because I think if you if you move back six or seven spots and you can grab another two or three players – that you can kind of plug in to fill some holes i think that would be definitely beneficial and, I, and you're right about the offensive lines i mean i think one thing with our metrics with carlos hyde and, and you talked about him trying to stay healthy just because his running style like you mentioned is just you know he's very physical he likes to run into people he's always near the top of our our standings as far as you know missed tackles broken and you know and he's also usually near the top as far as yards after contact just because he's such a physical runner and you know Excited. He hasn't gotten a lot of help from the offensive line the last two years, so he's most of the yards he's been getting has kind of been on his own. So um, if he if they can kind of shrug up that line a little bit and give him give him some holes in front of him, I think he's going to be even more effective.
0: I would agree with that. And he's never as a starter, he's never had a strong offensive line, so that's something to no. um, keep in mind as well. Uh, well, this has been awesome, Jeff. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, this has been a really fun one. Um, and thank you for coming on with us. And Steph, thank you as always.
1: Yeah. Go Niners. <laughs> let's,
0: get, let's get a good draft. Go Niners. Uh, and also, I'm just going to plug this one more time. Don't forget to be following Steph over at Warriors FGSN. She is your new Warriors fangirl, and she's awesome. So yeah. Go Warriors.
1: Don't stop the noise. <laughs> At least they win. <laughs> least
0: it's very, but... <laughs> very, very true. So that's a, that's very exciting. Uh, it's kind of a new thing for all of us. Um, all right, guys. well have a great rest of your day. Thanks for joining us. And uh, here's hoping for a very fruitful and productive NFL draft. Thanks, Jeff. Bye. Thank you.